0: I just want to thank you for being here. If you're new with us, my name is Brian Lee, and this is my wife, Kimberly. I'm the lead pastor here at Element City Church. Uh, I, just to give you an update, the Ecuador team is flying back from Miami right now. They've had a great, a great week. If you've seen some pictures on, on Facebook and uh, all the things that they've gone on, and in a couple weeks, we're going to hear the stories of how and what and what they did. And so it's going to be a really, really good um, time. And I... I'm so excited about tonight because it's talking about one of, the, one of my favorite things. So, as we were preparing, I, uh, I thought back to um, several years ago um, when I was young.
1: <laughs> really?
0: Several years ago when I was young. I'm older I was, than him. I was driving back from Phoenix, and all of a sudden, things in the opposite lane were just annoying me like bright lights and they were just really obtrusive and my my eyes, they were just like really bright and I'm like, this is ridiculous. I've never sensed this before. I've never seen this like intense starring um, going and it was like, it was blurry and then it got sharp and I was like, what is going on? Didn't tell anybody in the car. I was just trying to figure out now like road signs, like how far can I actually read the road sign? You know, in like, okay, it's giving me directions. So how far of that was that? And I was like, So I did that literally from almost Chandler all the way back to Tucson, just playing, you know, being annoyed with the star blights and all that kind of stuff. And it drove me nuts. I'm like, this is crazy. Where did my vision go? And then I went to the optometrist and he said, Brian, you're over 40. You need some corrected things to make the starry stuff calm down and your eyes to shred, you know, to shape the way that they're supposed to be so you can see what you're supposed to see. Vision is crucial. Vision is important. That's why it's crucial that you take that little vision test before they hand you a driver's license. It's crucial and important for companies to have vision of a target what they're trying to accomplish so they can get from here to there in proverbs 29:18 it says and you guys have probably heard this without vision the people will perish or cast off restraint wander aimlessly so tonight the scripture we're talking about is is the israelites We're coming out of the desert, or going into the desert, coming out of the desert to the promised land, and they had some serious vision problems, and so that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Let's read in Numbers 13. We're going to stay in Numbers tonight. Numbers 13, it'll be up on the screens if you don't have a Bible. Numbers is the first part of the Bible. 13.1 is where we start. The Lord said to Moses, Send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving you to the Israelites. From each ancestral tribe, send one of its leaders. Verse three. So the Lord's command, Moses sent them out for the desert of Parham. All of them were leaders of Israelites. Let me read number three again. All of them were leaders of the Israelites.
1: They were the leaders and they were already given the land. So the next few verses, it really talks about um, when they were sent out for the 12 that were sent out and they spent 40 days exploring the land. So we're gonna jump down to verses 26, go down to verse 26 and we're going to read the report, the report back. 26, they came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. Then they reported to them and to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. But the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw the descendants of Anak there. So what they did, they came back for the report, and 10 of them were like, yeah, so it is the land of milk and honey. But, get used to that word, we're going to say it a lot. But, the people are powerful. The cities are really fortified. There's armies everywhere. There's warriors everywhere. It's too large. And we saw those descendants they were talking about are their enemies. You'll go, in the other verses, there's the Hittites and the Jesubites, and there's a lot of ites. And the ites, all the ites in the Bible, none of them were super friendly to Israel. And these, these people were like bad to the bone. Uh, think gladiator, gladiator warriors. Uh, they even called them giants. And the Israelites were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We're The 10 of them were like, we're no match for them. And instantly fear, fear started amongst the people. These leaders spoke doubt and negativity and fear to their people. It will be too hard, it's too difficult, it's too tough. They made these giants, these obstacles, bigger than their God. They made these giants, or the things that they saw, bigger than their God. They didn't have the right vision. They were looking at the wrong things. Why weren't they looking at the fruit, the milk and the honey? They say that they had the, the best grapes there. You know, like Costco grapes. You've got fries grapes where you're like, that's not a grape, that's a raisin. And then you've got the Costco grapes that are just big and bountiful and beautiful. Well, times that by 10, these are Costco grapes that, these, that they were seeing. But these 10... They did not keep their eyes on God. They did not keep their eyes on His might, His power. This is the same God that just parted the Red Sea for them. And He had a plan for their life. He gave them this land. He said, it's your promised land. But all they saw were obstacles. All they saw were literally walls. The walls were very large. They saw the people that were giants and they were warriors and they were their, their enemies. And, and they lost hope. They lost hope.
0: Church, we have to make Jesus bigger than anything that is in front of us. Anything that's in front of us in our lives if it's an obstacle in our past, or it's a limitation that we have in our present, a challenge in our present, or a hurdle that we need to jump over, or a disappointment that has flattened us. We have to have the vision of Jesus. We have to have his, our eyes fixed on him, no matter what might be standing between us or in front of us. Anytime we get discouraged or off track, Lose perspective or we lose alignment is because we have lost sight of our vision of Jesus. Ultimately, we've lost sight of the sight of Jesus and his calling and his purpose on our life.
1: I feel like I got to stand up. I got lots Do of it. energy. All right. Uh, now, not all of them came back saying the same things. There were two. There were two that said, no, 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 wait. We saw something different. We saw something different. So go to verse 30. Go to verse 30. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land, for we certainly can do it. We can certainly do it. Caleb and Joshua, they were two of the 12. And he silenced them. He said, no, 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 let's not even give oxygen. Let's not even give oxygen to what they're saying. We should go up and take possession of the land. This is ours. He had confidence and a certainty. Why? Because they were great warriors, the Israelites? No. They just spent 400 years in slavery. Was it because they had spent a lot of time, you know, in secret, training themselves how to fight and conquer enemies? No. They spent the last 400 years making bricks for Pharaoh's temple, for his pyramids, for his buildings. They weren't prepared for this. But Caleb had a confidence, he had an assurance, because his God is the God who led him out of Egypt. His God was the God who parted the Red Sea, who gave them this land. He said, if God Promises it, he's gonna deliver it. If God promises it, he's gonna deliver it. So he's like, we need to go conquer this. We certainly can do this. But the people's vision already clouded. Their sight was set on everything, but there's that word again, but God. So go to verse 30. 33, 31 and 33. But the men who'd gone up with him said, we cannot attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there of great size. We saw the Nephilim there. We seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And we look the same to them. Notice those words started with a, but. Yeah, Caleb, thanks for sharing your, you know, land of milk and honey, but. The butts get us, don't they? These 10 people, these 10 guys, they spread the bad report, and it spread like wildfire, because that's what bad news does, doesn't it? It spreads fast, it spreads furious. Gosh, social media, everybody gets on a bandwagon, and, you know, the sky is falling, and it, it happens like that. And notice how they called themselves grasshoppers in their own eyes listen up how you see yourself is important if you see yourself as small and insignificant then other people will see that because that's how you will act you will get in the habit of acting small and insignificant and that's the way people will start seeing you and treating you because that's how the enemy works you guys This is no surprise. The enemy comes to kill, seek, and destroy your birthright, your inheritance that God has already given you. The enemy wants for you to see yourself as less than what he made you. He wants you to not think of yourself as the daughters and sons of a mighty, mighty king. He does not want you to know that you are fully equipped right now to do what he has set out for you to do. Amen. That you are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. That he lives in us and works through us. But we sit there, I can't do it. And these are the reasons why. The giants in my life are too big, God. They're too big. That person, that hurt, that pain is bigger than you God we are filled with the spiritual blessings of a loving loving father and yet we act like grasshoppers the Israelites should have saw themselves as giants of Christ that they are the chosen people of God that this God brought the Egyptian nation which was powerful at the time to their knees for his chosen people They should have seen themselves as giants of Christ, and yet they saw themselves as grasshoppers. The Israelites chose to believe and put on blinders that these obstacles in their way were bigger than their God. Fear, doubt, negativity, those became, those sound familiar to anybody? Having to wait, having to wait. We, it makes us close up shop on God. Do not trust him, we do not trust him. You know what, how about we do it ourselves? That's what the Israelites, we're going to start seeing them. How about we just do it ourselves?
0: So let's look a, let's continue the story of how the Israelites are going to respond in this. We're going to be in chapter 14. This scripture just kind of just, Continues kind of our path how we parallel the Israelites a little bit. So let's just read 14:1. That night all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron and the whole assembly said to them if only we had died in Egypt Or in the wilderness Why is the Lord bringing us to the land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and our children will be taken as plunder. The plunder word. I forgot where it was. Why are you taking this plunder? There we go. Wouldn't it be better for us to get back to Egypt? Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? And then they said to each other, we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. So here they are, it's getting hard. They have some big obstacles in front of them or, or what they think are obstacles because of what the words that they're listening to. So they start crying. They start whining. They start grumbling. They start complaining, looking backwards into the past, forgetting all that they had suffered. Amen. Have you suffered? That's why we... we d- That's why we don't look back into the past, and we always got to look forward. We start getting emotional. We start looking back. When we look back in the past, we we get emotional. We uh, start getting louder to to drown out other voices, other voices like Joshua and Caleb. Mm -hmm. They were glorifying the past no matter how awful it was. Have you found yourself there? Glorifying something in the past, but it was painful, but you're making something of it that it really wasn't. Saying we should go back to Egypt, we should go back to slavery, ignoring that God had delivered them from slavery. Amen. They were choosing to go back into bondage in which Jesus rescued, God rescued them from. Rather, claim the promised land that God had just said was theirs because of fear and lack of trusting that God was the God that said he was going to do what he was going to do. Even it steps even more, you can probably align yourself with this. They didn't like the leader, so they said, we don't like the way this direction's going. We're going to go pick a new one. This is the icing on the cake, if you think about it. Mm-hmm. They are going to get rid of Moses, the one that God talked through through a burning bush, selected, gave power to, worked through the plagues, the one that God anointed and appointed to lead his people, the one that God chats with on the mountain and plans and gives Moses directions. And where they're going The crowd Wants a new leader The crowd doesn't like What the appointed leader Had to say Or where they're going So the first thing They wanted to do Was just get rid of him We're kind of that way Aren't we? We're a Burger King Kind of generation
1: It's not healthy for us
0: Not healthy Any way we like it Or we cry We complain We pick up our toys And we leave or we just talk over the voice of truth. We talk louder, talk stronger, talk quicker. We gather people up in the mob of negativity or the mob of of takeover. We just want to get, you know, take over and we try to not go to God. Mm. But we try to go to our friends and people that will listen to us, that will hear us and join us they may be joining you back into bondage or slavery. Amen. But Joshua and Caleb are going to give one more big try. So as Kimberly reads the scripture, listen to what's gonna happen.
1: Joshua and Caleb, they start getting serious right now in verse nine, I mean, verse five. Then Moses and Aaron fell face down in front of the whole Israelite assembly gathered there. Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephaniah, who were among those who explored the land, tore their clothes and said to the entire israelite assembly the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good if the lord is pleased with us he will lead us to that land a land flowing with milk and honey and he will give it to us only do not rebel against the lord and do not be afraid of the people of the land because we will devour them their protection is gone but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid. The Lord is with us. They are trying to get their attention. They're tearing at their clothes. They're pounding on the table. Guys, guys, it's our God. He said this is ours. Their protection is gone. We will devour them. We're on the winning team. God is able, he is capable. If he promises it, he will deliver it. We have the one true God on our side. So you'd think with Joshua and Caleb, I got this picture in my mind as we're going over these verses because we are so involved in sports that the, it was like the coaches giving them you know, the big rally team, like we are team God, we're on the winning side, let's go, let's go, let's go. And you get, everybody gets huddled together and you'd think that Israel would be like, yay. Team God, we got little shirts. We're going for it. I mean, this God brought them out of 400 years of slavery. He can take down all these people, these obstacles in their path. So, so what, what do the Israelites do? It's not good. Go to verse 10. But the whole assembly talked about stoning them. I don't think they got Team God. They, they get, didn't get that. The whole assembly, they didn't hear the truth. They didn't have their eyes set on God's vision, God's power, God's purpose. Thanks for that Joshua and Caleb, we've decided to stone you. That's bad business. Twice God had asked Joshua and Caleb to speak the truth to his people. Twice, God tried to get the Israelites' attention. Remind them that, hey, I'm the God, the mighty, powerful God, and this is the land I've given to you already. Twice, he tried to get them to set their eyes on him, keep his vision and his plan, and instead, they rebelled. Church, church, 10, 10 leaders kept one million people out of the promised land. Ten people kept one million people out of the promised land. Their doubt, their fears, their mistrust, their, their lack of trust in God clouded the vision and they kept an entire generation out of the promised land.
0: You all yield influence. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Let me say that again. Let it seep in. You all yield influence. If we think we're grasshoppers, we're grasshoppers. If we think we're children of God, we are children of God. It is so important what we see. I remember teaching Lakin how to drive. And it was actually a good experience. I, this is not actually a bad story. Um, but I would realizing in my own driving is I would, because you're in the passenger seat, you see more because when you're driving, you're focusing on what? The road, right? Where you're supposed to. But it's so often as when we're driving, and we see or we have the distractions, our phone, our radio, the cruise control, the Bluetooth, whatever, what I find myself doing and what I saw Lakin doing when she first started driving is where her eyes would go, her hand would follow. If it was left, there's a cute guy on the left side of the road, we would go into the left lane.
1: It's painful.
0: But if we were, but I would keep on saying, honey, look straight, look straight. And I have a bad habit on long trips, is that we're having a conversation with Kimberly, right? We're back and forth, and, and I'll look at her because I want to get feedback from her face on what we're talking about, but we're still doing 80, 80 <laughs> miles an hour this way, and she's like, Brian, just look forward. Look forward. So what we see is vital. What we see is vital because is what you see is where you're going to end up. What you see is what you talk about. It's what you end up being. It's what you end up going. Look how different the twelve filters were of the people that went into the to view the promised land. Ten saw obstacles and walls that they thought were unsurmountable. Two focused on the promises of that God sent them to do with confidence and assurance, and they were they were able to take the land of milk and honey vision spiritual vision optical vision is everything where you look is where you go what you behold what you hold dear is what you become
1: that is why that is why we have to have the vision that god is bigger than any obstacle in your life that you are confronted with right now. And I do not say this lightly. He is bigger than any diagnosis. He is bigger than any marriage issues. He is bigger than any job issues. He is bigger than any betrayal, rejection, failure, disappointment. He is bigger than money problems. He is bigger than addictions. He is bigger than all the craziness in this world. He is bigger, he is capable, and he is able. And in order to claim the promised land, the land, the territory in your heart, in your mind, in your soul, in your family, in your your marriage, in your workplace, in your city, in your church, that's the territory he's promised you. We have to not focus on these giants. We have to focus on how big our God is. Amen. And we have to live that way. Yep. We have to ev- elevate our eyes. We have to lift our eyes up. A couple of weeks ago, I talked about not looking down. Children of a mighty, mighty king, don't look at our feet. We focus on him. Stop looking down, stop looking backwards. Stop looking sideways at all the distractions and attractions and all this everything else the world has to offer keep our eyes set on him
0: well if we continue in verse 10 let's see what God's response to Israel is in their rebellion then the glory of the lord appeared at the tent of meeting to all the israelites The Lord said to Moses, how long will these people treat me with contempt? How long will they refuse to believe in me in spite of all the signs I have performed among them? I will strike them down with a plague and destroy them. But I will make you into a nation greater and stronger than they. These are some pretty strong words. The glory of the Lord appeared before the Israelites, but they spoke to Moses. Because that's who God chose to lead. How long will they refuse to believe in spite of everything going on? In spite of what God has done for them, why don't they believe? What more do they want? God chose Moses to lead. They want a new leader. God chose 12 to go into the promised land. That two remain faithful, and they wanted to stone the other. God gave them the promised land, and they want to go back to Egypt. Think about that for a second. Just take a real quick rewind of where you're at. God's moving in your life. Are you wanting to hit the rewind button to get out? There will be consequences. There was consequences for the, the Israelites as they grumbled and complained and didn't follow through with God's promises. It says in his word, I will strike them down and destroy them.
1: The next verses from 13 to 19, it talks about Moses being the leader that he was. He he set he started petitioning to God to save the Israelites. Despite their sin, despite their disobedience, despite their lack of trust, Despite the rebellion, he was saying, please, begging God, please, please, please save them. And in verse 20, this was God's response. The Lord replied, I have forgiven them as you asked. He's talking to Moses. Nevertheless, as surely as I live and surely as the glory of the Lord fills the whole earth, not one of those who saw my glory... And the signs I performed in Egypt and in the wilderness, but who disobeyed me and tested me 10 times, not one of them will ever see the land I promised, an oath to their ancestors. No one who, who has treated me with contempt will ever see it. But because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it. God forgave them, but there were consequences. An entire generation didn't get to go into the promised land. Ten kept a generation out, and two let a generation in. Which one are you going to be like? Which one are you going to be like? Like the ten? Are you going to refuse to believe in him, not to trust him, To walk around grumbling and complaining in the wilderness. You know, woe is me, woe is me. Influencing others with a mob mentality and negativity. Or you want to be like Caleb and Joshua. Have a different spirit. A different spirit. Follow Jesus wholeheartedly. Enter into your promised land and have Your descendants inherit. This is so important. Have your descendants inherit it. This is a promise, and it's pretty amazing. You have to choose what you're going to focus on now because it's affecting the next generation. It affects your descendants. Your choices do not just affect you. Your choices do not just affect you, they affect the descendants. Caleb and Joshua's descendants got the promised land, the land of the milk and honey. Brian is up here because of the faithfulness of his parents choosing this for their family many of you are here today because the faithfulness of people before you many of us are here just by the grace of God and our hair and our chinny chin chins it affects your choices do not just affect you. Fix your eyes on Jesus, fix your eyes on the future, fix your eyes on the plans he has for you, plans for for good and not evil, plans for hope. Keep in mind that we have a kingdom, in the kingdom of God, we go from faith step to faith step, grace to grace, his glory to his glory. Our faith is always moving forward. We are going to claim that promised land. That's what we want to be like.
0: So if we're always moving forward, faith step to faith step, grace to grace, some of us need to get our spiritual glasses on. Hmm. We need to have some adjustment of how we see Jesus and how we see where we are and how we realign where we are with what we see. So when we see clearly again, we get Jesus back into focus. We stop focusing on all the other stuff going around, on the peripheral, all the distractions. And we can just get down to focusing on the vision of who Jesus is. Keep your eyes on Jesus.
1: Look forward because that's where Jesus wants you to go. That's why he put our eyes in the front of our face and not in the back of our heads because he wants us to go this way. And if you're following Jesus, he's in front of you. So why are you looking back? You know what happened to Lot's life? Lot's wife, not Lot's wife, Lot's wife, she turned to salt when she looked back.
0: She was salty. She was salty. That was Hmm. free.
1: Yeah. Jesus is in front of you, so let's follow him and look forward. Because the promised land is in front of us, not behind us. What's behind us? Our past, our chains, our bondage, our slavery, the desert, the wilderness. There ain't nothing good back there. Don't start doing things your own way. Don't be like the Israels, Israelites and choose to go back to slavery or start go back to rebellion or disobedience. Keep our eyes looking forward. Keep our eyes looking up and focus on the bigness of God.
0: Guys, if we keep our focus on who Jesus is, we're going to be a church that loves and serves Amen. and invites well we're going to see and be followers of Jesus Christ. We're going to see generations behind us and with us, with the territory that God's given us and the sphere of influence that we have, get to take them to their spiritual promised land. If we commit to having vision and looking at Jesus, and not the wrong things, but looking at Jesus, we can take the promised land. Amen. God has given it to us. The obstacles in our way are nothing for our God, nothing. The hurt that you feel, the things that have gone on, the mistrust, whatever it is, you can put a blank there. If you fix your eyes on God, if you fix your eyes on Jesus and where you set your eyes, that's where you'll go.
1: Amen.
0: If we set our eyes, we'll end up being there. Dearly Father, we thank you for who you are. Lord, we thank you that you gave us your son Jesus. Lord, that we get to celebrate in communion. Lord, that we get to take the body and the bread and we get to, to take that as a remembrance of the sacrifice that you gave us your body for us. Lord, as we take the juice we can taste your blood that has covered all of our sins, all of our mistakes, all of our mishaps, and just be in freedom following after you in the promised land. Lord, thank you for that. Lord, just be with us as we take communion Lord, as uh, the station's around, Lord, just be as the people are walking up, taking communion. Lord, just be with them. Open up their heart and their mind. Disturb them in their normal habits. Correct our vision back to you. In Jesus' name.